Good evening and welcome to Casually Hardcore Live on WoW Radio. We have ourselves a first. We have ourselves, Gnomewise, flying solo for the first time ever. Yes, you should be cringing in fear. Uh, I apologize for the dead air. We had a little bit of leftover settings from our last show that I needed to clear out from uh, when the machine rebooted. And I have my lovely wife, Iolite, who has just arrived home. Now looking it over my shoulder, say hello to the nice folks. Hello, it's Eyelight. Nosh, nosh, nosh on her gum. Yeah. <laughs> we were almost operating without containment there for a minute. Eyelight arrived in the nick of time. Uh, <coughs> apologize for that. So we are now live on the air. Formalities to interact with the show. You can email us at ch at wcradio.com. If you're feeling masochistic, you can masochistic. You can send it to casuallyhardcore at wcradio.com. You can also join us live during the show broadcast in Internet Relay Chat by pointing your IRC client at irc.mmoirc.com and joining the pound or hash WoW Radio channel. If you do not have an IRC client, you can visit us at www.wcradio.com and click on the chat button at the top of the screen, and that will give you a Java-based chat client and get you into the live chat. And for those of you who are joining us via podcast, you can also participate in our forums, which are also available from www.wcradio.com by clicking on the forums button at the, also at the top of the screen. So, welcome to my first ever solo show. I will endeavor to not bore you to death. So, we have Cleanup, also known as Follow-Up, from the previous show, where we had a discussion with myself, Gwenora, and our visiting host, Galola, where we talked about the phenomenon as of cross-dressing in WoW, which was the phenomenon of playing a, an avatar that was the opposite sex to your real-life sex, and I got quite a few very interesting emails, and we will now read some of those out to you. We have from, and I got to teach you people to put at the top of your emails your character's name, the pronunciation of that name, what server you're from, uh, whether you're EU or US. And so I'm struggling to figure out who this person is, and we're just going to have to call them Bobby. So Bobby says, Greetings to all the hosts of Casually Hardcore. I'm lousy with names. Sorry. As I always got up in the middle of the night to listen to your show, Living in Europe for the Lose. Well, thank you very much, and a big shout-out to all the people who are listening live, especially those who have waited until, oh my God, dark 30 in the morning to listen to us live from the EU. For the first time, I could actually relate to the topic, although reversed. A girl in my current guild actually plays a male character. She has been in the guild for over a year, 
but I didn't get a, but she did not get a microphone until recently. No one in the guild had any idea she was a girl for the fir- until the first time she spoke on vent. She never brought up the subject, and neither had anyone else. She explained her choice of sex, saying she had played female characters before and was tired of getting special treatment. Personally, I know several girls in WoW, except f- and except for a different choice of words, I don't really see them getting special treatment for whatever floats her boat. I had never really spoken a lot with her, as I'm the raid-slash-guild leader and don't have a lot of time for socialization when I get online. Turns out she lives in the same city as me, and we're going to our, on our third date this Saturday, but that's a whole other story. Congratulations on that. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And should you decide to broadcast in a less inconvenient time, I'd be most grateful. But until then, I'll keep getting up in the middle of the night to listen live to the show. Thank you very much, Bobby. Um, we're pretty much stuck in the land of no matter when we broadcast, it's going to suck for someone. Uh, I'm sorry for that, but... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, archives for the win. You don't have to stay up to listen live, but we greatly appreciate it when you do. From Bivarius, from the guild We Wipe on Trash on Norganon Alliance side, my apologies if these comments have been made as I get some... As I got some Diet Mountain Dew during the first break. Mmm, tasty. Anyway, I've always wondered why dudes play non-dude characters. Some of my guildies play female tunes, and they've been pretty candid about why. Our main holy priests feel that healing is a feminine thing, and therefore his tune is a female. Another guildie who also plays a priest, mainly Shadow, says that he just likes the backside model a lot better, and since that is what he has to look at all day, interesting that he has a preference and yet in real life preferred dudes. Hmm, I can't touch that. In my own experience, I have met a number of female model tunes who talk slash act like a real-life female, even to the extent of flirting with other male players. Players. One of my former guildies befriended one of the above-mentioned female tunes, think it really was a real-life woman, and he couldn't bring, and we couldn't bring ourselves to tell him that it was a dude. Personally, I'm a dude, so I play dude characters. That from Bivarius. Thank you for that. And now we have from... Zenthalor, level 70 warlock from Moonglade EU. I am a female, and my first characters were all female, hunter, warlock, and warrior. I never thought about playing a male character at this stage. I got my female troll prot warrior to 54 and went on a guild BRD run. I got my summon, and the convo went something like this. Lol, female troll warrior, the gear looks better on the male character. Maybe, but I am a female in real life, and so is my character. OMG, you're a girl? Yes, I am. Can you really tank this? Yes, I'm prospect and geared. Up to this point, there had never been a question of gear or ability. Okay, one second. At this point, I was dumped from the run and got another guildie to tank the instance. I also got booted from the guild. There were a few tears and then pure white hot rage, as only a woman can generate in 30 seconds, lol. I rolled a male troll and joined the same guild. Eventually, after much hard work, I got to do another BRD, BRD run with him. When we got to the Lyceum, I told them who I was, etc., and told, and told them this proved I could do my job. Yabu yeah, sucks, etc. Actually, it was more like, screw you, hippie. I then hearthstoned out, G-quit, and never went back. Oops, was I bad to leave them in there alone? Now I run with a bunch of really good friends, but never played a female warrior since. Fabby show as ever, guys. But more Iolite, please, even without the slaps. Thank you to Moogie for being a great little monkey. That drop-in will be mine. Could I please get a shout-out to Magoth, El- ah, Alexil, and the rest of Vow for being just too much fun to play with. Thanks and big old hugs all around. That from Zan. P.S. I do have a male dwarf hunter because the females are too Brunhilde-like. 
Hey, I'm Brunhilde like. I love you, you're pretty. <laughs> yeah. My family's known as Stocky. Um, hey, I was thinking about the subject last week, and I decided I could sneak in here for just a minute, and I wanted to say that when I think about cross-dressing in WoW, yes. I didn't get to participate in this conversation, and I only have two things to say. Yes. The first one is Dr. Girlfriend from Venture Brothers. Yes. Is one of the things that I always think of when I see these elegant, dainty, and Lady Opan. These and, are my murderous moppets and very uh, curvaceous female models rolling around with you know John talking behind them. Hi, my name's Alice. I own my own security business. And that is the other one that I think of <laughs> actually. The um, stereotypical <laughs> butch lesbian type. Oh, no, I wasn't going to go that far, but I was going to say, hi, my name is Alice, I own my own security business, as she smokes through the whole Oh, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> it's disgusting. But I've been smoking all my life and I never had any troubles. Yeah, yeah, it really just catches, it really just makes me crack up, but I do enjoy, you know, it doesn't actually bother me when people cross-dress and wow, I have no problem with it. No, I never said it bothered um, me, I just thought I mean, it was I don't an, think it an interesting phenomenon. Of, I don't think it bothers any of us, I mean, considering Gwenora is an active cross-dresser, that's just what he does. Yes. Uh, she does. And he's about as, as male as they come. Um, so, yeah. Fine, whatever. You confused <laughs> me now. I have derailed Iolite's train, train of, of thought. thought. Yes. Yes, my train of thought has been derailed. All right, so um, I will uh, let you go on. I don't know where you were, but I know that I could come in and ha 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 hijack your entire show. She has power. And she is not afraid to wield it. So, moving on to our next follow-up. Uh, there we go. This from Zalceron, level 70 rogue on Eridar US. Greetings to all the crazy hardcore casual people over there. When it comes to cross-dressing, I'm about half and half. The first MMO I ever played, I had about six characters for five different classes. Only one was female, myself being a male in real life. I had two main characters that are both male, and I had three more males for the remaining classes. Then I created a character who was the same class as my first character, so I rolled a female. That game was very much lacking in, in, in the individuality aspect, so to avoid being looking exactly the same as my first, char- first character, whom I spent more than a year playing, I rolled a female. After that, I went on to Guild Wars for a short while. I did not roll a single male there. I despise the way the males look in that game. For me, I am generally not a fan of the big, bulky type of model, so I opted for a sleek, trim female. Similarly, in the previous me- previously mentioned MMO, you could choose between a large or a small model, and I always chose small. No comment. This has nothing to do with wanting to look like a hot chick. It's more a matter of not desiring to look like a muscle head. Now on WoW... This man has no neck. The man you are about to see has no neck. Uh, Now on WoW, I have a bit of both. My first character was a male night elf rogue. Night elves are kind of bulky, but they're tall and lanky, so I don't really have a bulky look to them. My second was a priest, also male, also night elf. After that, I created a slew of alts who are currently hibernating at around level 20 each. But almost all of them are females. Mage, druid, shaman, hunter, warlock, all female. My second character that I actually leveled was a night elf priest who is male, since I felt I had too many female characters already. My final character, whom I am just finishing leveling to 70 recently, is a female human paladin. I had a choice between dwarf, draenei, and human. I swore to never roll a dwarf or a male human or draenei, so I rolled a female space goat, didn't like it, and landed with a female human. So, my reasons are mostly for aesthetics. I want my characters to look a certain way, and in more than one game, I have not liked the way the male models look. In my first MMO that was interesting... 
what was interesting was that the male characters could marry female characters, and this led to certain bonuses in-game, such as bonus experience while leveling together and the ability to buy a house with shared warehouse. Some people used this genuinely, some abused it. Personally, I made great use of this great use of it, and the wife I had there, whom all my alts were married to her alts, has become a great friend in real life, although that's slightly off-topic. I have never been hit on while playing a female character, although I find it strange for some reason when I play with people I don't know and I'm referred to as a she. Oddly enough, I get hit on more playing my male characters. I do know a couple of females who have rolled males as well. In most cases, they're alts, however. Completely random. Have you ever seen a female dwarf? Yes, I have. Anyway, brevity has never been my strong point. Good luck with the show. That from Zalceron, level 70 rogue, Eridar, US. I rolled a female dwarf. I know, and she's hot. Yeah. She's hunter. But she's also hibernating around level 20, so... Which is a nice phrase. Nice nice phrase there. Yeah, they're not dead. They're just sleeping. Sleeping. Yes. Moving on. We have a few more of these here. This from Kalot, or Kalot. Level 43, Draenei Shaman on Moonguard US. I'm a girl who plays a girl, but I'm also a gamer, not just a WoW player. As such, I do, I do know of one reason females do roll a male tune that you didn't touch on. There was, and to a lesser, to a lesser extent still is, the attitude, especially amongst the truly hardcore gamers, that girls don't and can't play video games of any sort. So when online games first started, especially with early first-person shooters, saying you were a male was the only way to be to play without being dismissed as useless. This attitude that girls don't play games does still exist even in WoW. I have run up against it myself. I was running a quest with a random male who made some very male comments along the lines of, Hey brother, isn't so bad, isn't so and so a hot chick? I simply replied with, You know I really am a girl. Ah, containment has failed. (laughs) Only to be told that I was lying. This guy refused to believe that I really was a girl. So there are females out there playing male tunes. Excuse me. So are there females out there playing male tunes? Yes, I think there are, but some of them are doing it to hide from attitudes like that. So they're much less likely to tell the truth about their gender. Happily, though, this problem is growing less, and other than that one silly incident, I've never run into anyone caring about my gender. Casually approaching hardcore, Kalot. Interesting. This is the kind of uh, interesting stuff that I had asked for. I did get quite a few respondents here that are women who deliberately roll uh, male characters for a variety of reasons. Uh, next one here is Hexery, or Hexery, level 70 mage on Haramash US. Greetings, casually hardcore crew and the almighty nemesis. I am a female gamer, but I do not always feel the need to play female characters. The very first character I ever rolled was a female troll priest, also 70, because I liked the hair. And as I recall, around level 30, I ran into male, a male player who discovered I was a female player and proceeded to give me free items, which was very helpful for a newbie like myself. Excuse me. And I didn't consider that he was being helpful simply because I was female. He became rather insistent that I reciprocate in some way, cyborgs properly, at which point I got, he got hit with the slash ignore. After that, I rolled a male tauren shaman, another 70 now, simply because the male tauren seemed so much cooler than the female taurens. Then I made a female undead mage, third 70, for the beehive haircut. Aesthetics for the win. I learned not to be open about my real-life gender to players I don't know well, partly because of the experience of my priest, but mostly because I don't think it matters very much at all. I let people assume whatever they want, and only speak up when people make derogatory comments about women, although the type of people who talk like that generally will react with, OMG, a girl, anti-internets, with 27 exclamation points and a couple of ones. 
I've come to the point when I roll an alt where I don't even think about the gender, what, about what its gender means. I look through the hairstyles in particular, consider their emotes such as slash dance. Currently, I'm leveling an orc female. Love the hair. <coughs> Undead. <coughs> Excuse me. Undead male, much better dance than the female, and I have a female blood elf hunter twink. The only people in game who know my true gender are my real life friends and a few guildmates. Shout out to Live at the Apollo on Haromash and my real life friends who have kept me playing WoW for 2.5 years. Crazy socks and angry pants. Love the show. It fits where I am in the game now perfectly. Retired Raider and becoming one of my favorite podcasts. Evening classes for the lose. Thank you very much for that compliment. That from Hexeri, level 70 mage on Haromash. Uh, and Reese, level 70 priest, Boulderfist, and Reese, level 70 shaman on Akama. You have many, many alts. Thank you very much for that wonderfully complimentary email. Give me a moment to arrange things here. And I will avoid the dead air. Yes, see how I did that. Okay, we will do just a few more here. Selected emails. Um, I apologize if I don't get to your email. This from Bregor on Moonglade EU. Hiya, guys. Love the show. Shame about the technical issues with the podcast. Quick aside, many apologies for the uh, failures of our remote co-host system that led to a few instances of stuttering and dead air last week. Uh, We'll work the kinks out of that before attempting that again. Thank you very much for uh, being tolerant of that. And back to the email. But that didn't detract from the show too much, and, well, it's just one of those things. Anyway, I'm a real-life female who plays a blood elf male tankadin. I was really interested to hear your views on cross-dressing in WoW, but I have to disagree with the main reasons you gave for females playing males, i.e. to stop them getting hit on. I've only ever been hit on once, when it became intrusive and unwanted, because it was obviously not RP, playing on my female orc hunter, and as soon as I stated my disinterest, said male Torn warrior apologized and stopped. So the reasons I play male Blood Elf is mainly because I wanted to play a Horde Paladin, and I didn't like the female model. But I also, I suppose, there is a more psychological element at work, too, and that is rolling a character with specific intention of tanking in pugs. I really felt like I would be taken more seriously with a male character. I have come across a lot of stigma attached to being a female who plays WoW. There, is, there are quite a few players who generally treat females players with a certain amount of derision, usually calling us too emo to play or saying we can't handle the stress of the game and get offended too easily, which in my opinion is just not true. The females I play with generally tend to be more philosophical when it comes to wiping and other disasters. They also tend to be more interested in furthering the progress of the group at their own expense and less obsessed with gaining every fat epic that comes along, but that is somewhat off-topic. I don't mind swearing or stressful situations, but I just don't like abuse for the sake of abuse. And why should any player, female or not, put up with it anyway? So my experience of playing male tank is that I bypass all the abuse that comes with either being or being perceived to be a woman and can get, just get on with what I love, do, love to do without having to, do, to defend my position all the time. When I come out as being female, people are genuinely surprised. Generally not angry, but quite shocked all the same. I wouldn't say I get extra kudos for being a female who plays a tank, but it's certainly not something that people are expecting. Only once did I get told to go and roll a female fluffy class like Priest. Funny how people perceive that a priest should be played by women. There must be a maternal psychology going on there somewhere. As a total aside, would you please give a shout-out to my wowing honey, Xanthalor, on Moonglade EU, after running so many runs of slave pens to get a guildie a drop they wanted. She really is a star because she had 
so many better things to be doing. Also, shout out to my guildmates in Vow. Peace from Bregor, Moongly, EU. Thank you for another female giving us wonderful insights into the whys and hows and why the heck a woman decides to roll a male. Um, I was really interested to hear, and there were multiple instances in these emails that we covered, of specifically in a tanking role, there being a prejudice against a woman as a tank, which would never have occurred to me. Um, Again, you really have to look at somebody's performance and see whether they know their job and can execute their job, and that really should be the end of it. Uh, the, uh, The level of insecurity or immaturity that has to be involved with something, oh my god, you're a girl, you can't possibly tank, what were you thinking, is kind of a mystery to me. So... More power to all you women out there who tank with the best of us and ignore any fools that try and tell you otherwise. Go out, learn your class, play your class, and have a good time doing it. So let me... There's one more in here that I definitely wanted to read. And again, I apologize to those of you who... emails I did not get a chance to read out. Where did it go? Please hold and apologize for my dead air. Ah, there we go. This from Zoen on the Airy Peak EU server. Hey, Casually Hardcore. I didn't don't much get a chance to listen to WC Radio and its fine shows anymore due to work, but here's my two cents. For the record, I am a 19-year-old guy from Surrey near London. I started playing WoW back in June of 05, before that I played EVE Online and Planetside, both as male characters. I decided to roll a female gnome mage and went about making it as cute as possible. I wanted to try something different, and the idea of a cute female gnome that deals huge amounts of damage sounded rather entertaining. I have, attracted, I have attached a picture of my pride and joy, Zoen, so you can see what I'm talking about. While leveling up, I was approached a few times by a guy believing me to be a girl. I was informed back then, and still now, that Zoen minus one N, spelled Z-O-E-N, means kiss in Dutch. I didn't know this when I made my mage, as I'm useless making up names, so I used a name generator. The name just seemed to fuel the idea that I was a girl. At first, I played along with many of the guys that were hitting on me, as I found it rather amusing. I, too, got to the point where one asked me to be his internet girlfriend. At this point, I stopped the little game that was going a little too far. Let's just say the guy wasn't best pleased with me. I have many reasons why I decided to play a female character. It was different to anything I had done in the past. I wanted to stare at some cute, something cute for hours on end, and WoW seemed like a good world to get lost in, and playing a cute little gnome was, and still is, very removed from what I do in real life. Most of my characters are female, but I do have one or two male ones. I can understand why people find it strange, but it's just a game, after all. That from Zoen on the Guild Focus on Airy Peak EU. Um, I have a similar uh, feeling. I have uh, Glola, who you all met last week, uh, has an alt, um, or I should probably say a co-main, really, uh, who is a cute-as-a-button female gnome fire mage of death. Uh, we refer, <coughs> excuse me, we refer to her as the thermonuclear reactor because she is. And I also have always liked the. Uh, dichotomy of the cute as a button character topping the damage charge and being absolutely lethal. Um, so that was <laughs> absolutely entertaining. I completely understand uh, that way of looking at it. So we are about a uh, half hour in here. 
And hopefully I can get Iolite in here to put in a few more two cents. After the break, we will be talking about what some people refer to as useless content or the holiday content that uh, has kind of seen an upgrade this year. In previous years, we had a lot of the holidays that were entertaining and fun, but you didn't really get a whole lot out of them. Um, With this most recent round, most particularly Brewfest and the new and improved um, Hallow's End with the Headless Horseman event, we have opportunities for players who aren't raiding to score some rather nice gear. Uh, indeed, some epic level equipment. Um, that kind of fits perfectly into the whole casually hardcore thing, because, well, that's kind of what we're looking for. Casual epics, fun stuff to do without having to spend six hours in a raid, straight up our alley. So, I will go to a brief music break here, and we will return, and we will talk about useless events or holiday events. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, live on WoW Radio. Visit us on the web, www.wcradio.com. Listen to all the fine shows on WoW Radio. And join us on the forums for epic levels of discussion and debate. See you on the other side of the music. Thank you again for listening. We will be right back. Somebody loot the stupid car hound. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is my first time. I've never done this before. What am I supposed to be doing? It would please that bullet till the entire raid is ready. I need to repair. My armor's almost all broken. Communication problems? Get your game on with UGTServers.com. Premium quality Ventrilo servers. With UGTServers.com, you get the highest quality codecs at half the price of the competition. And with Guild Deposit, your entire guild can share the cost of the server. With features like custom control panel, true premium bandwidth, and introducing cold spare hot swap, if your server goes down, you'll have a backup at no time. Don't wipe in silence. Minimize your downtime and save money on premium quality Ventrilo servers from UGTServers.com. Alrighty then, welcome back to Casually Hardcore, live on WoW Radio. Do a quick shout out to Tate and the Milk Cat who are two of the strongly powerful people from the EU who stayed up till, oh my God, in the morning to listen to us live. And we have one more email I wanted to read from the previous topic before we move on, which I just got from Salazar. Hey guys, just a quick follow-up from my last email about testing whether people would gank hot females less than they would gank my Tauren Shaman. I'm currently on my level 67 Blood Elf Lock female. I ran up to Alliance and Slash Wave. Eight out of ten times, I get a wave back, often with a slash sexy, and off they ran. When I tried this on my chamois, two out of ten, I got a slash wave back, but mostly it was an attack. As far as real-life females playing goes in our guild, Resolute, we have a few real-life females, one of whom sounds exactly like Bjork, who plays an off-tank druid. No one in our guild tries to show off or hits on them. It's as to us, they're just another player. We don't have any special rules. As simply, it's simply down to guild attitude. We have a very mature guild. We all just do our job and we laugh at the same things. Same jokes, same language. Listening live again, can I get a shout out to my guild, Resolute, on Doom All EU, and to all other EU players? Shouting out! In fact, let's even shout loudly. That from Salazar on Dunmal EU. 
Thank you very much for that follow-up. Very interesting that uh, you get attacked more as the male character than the female. Hmm. A little uh, brainstem activity there. So, moving on to our topic for the day, which has been the recently buffed-up holiday events and how they can be a tremendous boon to us casual players out there. When uh, Brewfest first came out, I conned somewhat dubious to it. Um, wasn't sure what it was other than an in-game reflection of Oktoberfest. And once they got past the initial bugginess of some of the encounters, which was unfortunate because there was a lot more uh, to the event than originally, than actually got uh, left in after a few hotfixes, the daily quests that they offered you uh, on the Alliance side that was to fetch uh, kegs on the Brewfest Ram, and then also to go run around Ironforge and advertise the various vendors, allowed you to collect tickets for some fun items. Uh, they had the now infamous beer goggles, which when you put them on, change uh, what your character sees into either all male gnomes on the Alliance side or all female orcs on the Horde side. And there's some wonderful screenshots over on uh, www.wowinsider.com of some epic boss fights as seen through beer goggles and uh, extremely, extremely entertaining, especially some of the ones out of uh, Molten Core. Yeah, giant gnomes in bondage gear. Anyway, moving on. They also had the uh, Lederhosen. Uh, you could basically spend tickets to get your character dressed up as if they were heading for Oktoberfest, which on a male night elf is a truly frightening sight. And you could also save up your tickets, and for 600 tickets, you could be given the privilege to purchase mounts, which were the Brewfest rams. So it was effectively a way to get a ram mount without PvPing or without grinding your rep with uh, Ironforge up to Exalted. Additionally, it was a way for Hordeside to gain access to the Ram Mount. And for the sheer unadulterated hell of it, I made sure to log on and do my daily quests, get my 600 tickets, and got the Swift Brewfest Ram. I spent the same amount of money I would spend buying a Swift Land Mount anyway, but I got to get a new model and get the Ram and get to show off the AI ground my tickets and got my Brewfest Ram as a badge of honor kind of a thing. And what really worked for me as a casual player is I could literally log on over lunch and complete these quests, and as long as I was good about doing them every day, I had a reasonable certainty that I would have enough tickets to get everything I wanted from the event by the time the event concluded on the 17th. So I came away with my beer goggles, I got my pony keg, I got my epic ram. Uh, the only thing I didn't get, because I started a little late, uh, was the full set of Brewfest regalia. So I have just the just the hat. I don't have the pants or the uh, chest piece or the boots. So next year, I'll save my tickets, I'll come back. So for the casual player, completely easy, lots of fun, and had rewards that were actually interesting to me and it, it melded the daily quest idea with the uh, holiday idea very nicely for me so i like how blizzard is running with the daily quest idea because it really works for me to be able to just pop on for a short period of time do some quests for some cash or in this case do some quests for some tickets and have fun doing it 
Now we've rolled over after the 18th into Hallow's Eve, Hallow's End, rather, and they have all the same uh, quests and things that they've had in previous years with the addition of the Headless Horseman event, uh, which is available to you in the Scarlet Monastery Graveyard for all you level 70s out there. For the sub-level 70s, you can go to the starting areas, uh, the starting towns for the various uh, races. Um, as an example, for the humans, you would go to Goldshire. And every four hours, the shade of the Headless Horseman will attack, and there is an orphan uh, orphanage matron there who will give you quests to help put out the fires that he starts. And you can, if you are the lucky one to actually tap the shade of the Headless Horseman and get the loot, you can get a... Uh, a broomstick mount that will change your walking uh, graphic into riding a very slow broom, uh, very similar to the tortoise mount that you get from playing the WoW TCG. And that will start a quest chain for people who are level 70 to also go investigate the source of the Headless Horseman's attacks in the Scarlet Monastery Undead Side Graveyard. So begin your quest in the starting area of your choosing, uh, put out the fires, stop the horsemen, and then you'll get the next step. And Nemesis has breached containment, and no, but he's gone. How very nice of him. And... Oh. I am being told from IRC that everyone can get the stuff from the head of the Headless Horseman. He has like three of the walking brooms, according to Moogie, who I have not yet given his drop-in. My God, I'm so lax. Ooh, good monkey. That is for you, Moogie. So apparently I'm a complete tool, and I did not notice that the head of the Headless Horseman um, drops when you do the outdoor event, and I have not been getting my walking brooms. (sighs) Oh well, I fail. So, once you've moved on to the Scarlet Monastery, you can go into a five-man and enter the instance. And part of the beautiful thing about this is this daily quest is available to each person in the group, meaning you can sequentially do the quest five times in a row. Have one person initiate it, finish, reset the instance, re-enter, lather, rinse, repeat, up to the five instances you're permitted to enter within an hour. The actual fight is not massively challenging, um, depending on how well-geared you are. Um, For someone who is wearing maybe a lot of greens and just a few dungeon blues, it it is a quite challenging fight. Um, Having had the opportunity to run run Karazhan a bit and having gotten my character to Exalted with a lot of the factions, I have a fair number of epics that I've gotten, So, and also the people I'm playing with are in a similar state, so we did not find the fight to be massively challenging. Um, but I did have a chance to play with some characters, helping them do the event, and they you know, were wearing greens and blues, and it was harder to do. You go into the graveyard, there's the massive flaming pumpkin sitting on top of an altar there, and you right-click on the altar to get the first step of the quest, and it tells you to right-click on the pile of dirt behind the altar to summon the Headless Horseman, and the actual event is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most fun things that they've ever scripted into the game. Uh, Whoever they got to do the voice acting for the 
Headless Horseman deserves a raise. This one thing got me more in the Halloween mood than anything else I've encountered in my life around this time. Um, So I would say when you're doing the event for the first time in particular, uh, crank up the game sounds very high and scroll your view back to its maximum view so you can see the complete picture when the horseman emerges from his grave. Um, And throughout the fight, the voice acting is really well done. I really just cannot praise it enough. Um, The actual fight is a multi-phase fight, which is a lot of fun. The horseman will come out on his horse with his head attached, and you need to DPS him down to 1% at which point his head will pop off and fly in a random direction. And at that point, it is your job to DPS the head down as much as you can before the body heals to 100%, in which case they rejoin, remount, and you lather, rinse, repeat. You DPS the horse and rider down to 1%, the head comes off. You DPS the head down while the body heals, they rejoin, and you complete. You do this cycle a number of times, minimum of three times. And with each iteration, what he does changes. So the first iteration is very simple. You DPS the horse, rider, and head down. The rider dismounts, the head pops off. You go and you DPS the head down. Next phase, the horseman, while he's on his horse and you're DPSing the complete unit back down again, he will randomly conflag uh, one of the people in the party, usually not the tank, one, anyone who's fighting from range or who's basically not tanking, uh, very much like General Dracoseth does up in UBRS. A uh, person is stopped from performing any actions and basically runs around, I'm burning, oh god, I'm burning! And then your healer needs to be on their toes to keep that person upright and metabolizing while keeping the tank similarly upright and metabolizing. And you DPS them down, they split, You DPS the head down, they rejoin, and in this next phase, the horseman will summon um, four at a time adds in the form of these little gordlings. They're basically the lasher model from Dire Maul with pumpkin heads. Um, Does a great emote and a great graphic of summoning them. Four pumpkin heads pop out, land on the ground. They fester for a little while, then they pop up as these lasher plants, and they go after the the party. They do a a reasonable amount of damage. So you have to deal with them as well as uh, DPSing him down. During this phase, you have your opportunity to end it. So you round one, you just DPS him down, head pops off, they rejoin. Round two, he conflags people during the DPS phase, head pops off, DPS the head down. Round three, he summons the adds on a regular schedule, and you have to DPS him down as fast as possible till the head pops off, and then kill the head. And you have one, and you listen to the wonderful voice acting, and you go in for your fat loots, which include epic items every time, in the form of epic rings. For pretty much every playstyle imaginable, uh, spell damage rings, healing rings, tanking rings, and uh, melee DPS rings, as well as the uh, broom mounts, of which there are four varieties. There is a regular land mount broom, an epic land mount broom, a regular flying broom, and an epic flying broom, which basically even though the text that's attached to them would imply that they are single-use, are actually a 14-day duration, and you can use them as many times as you want. And most importantly, they're bind-on-equip. 
So you can farm them for guildmates who maybe can't quite get into the instance, but could certainly have a lot of fun flying around Azeroth on a broom. So that's part of the fun for me has been going in there and getting the brooms and sending them out to people who have maybe not been able to do the event themselves because they're not quite 70, but they can use the level 60 version of the broom mount to tool around and look cool. Uh, there's also a low drop rate uh, non-combat pet, which looks like one of the warriors that the head, uh, headless horseman summons. So it's basically a lasher plant with a pumpkin head, which I've only seen drop once and I'm lusting after and want one. There's also a very low drop rate, because I've never seen it drop, Epic Plate Helm, which has very nice stats for a DPS warrior, and also looks like the Headless Horseman's head. Um, it also, I'm not sure if it's a clicky effect or has a random effect of doing the laugh of the Headless Horseman, which is one of the best pieces of voice acting I've run into in the game. And occasionally, you'll, if you see people wearing the flaming green, uh, grinning death's head mask of the Horseman, and you hang around them long enough, you'll, you'll hear the laugh that I'm talking about. And it's just hours of entertainment as far as I'm concerned. So we've actually gotten to the point where we've taken some uh, below-level 70s, some mid-60s, in there with us to get them these epic rings so that when they hit 70, they have their first purples uh, ready to go out of the bag. And there's no, they have no problem looting them. There's no level restriction on them. They just can't use them yet. Uh, the purple items from the horseman cannot be disenchanted, so you can't farm void crystals out of this event. Uh, they can't be vendored. They are unique, so you can only loot one of each. Um, for me, it was a prime opportunity as a druid to get some purples into my off-gear sets. So I'm feral, so I would be normally interested in the DPS ring and maybe the tanking ring. That one didn't interest me that much. It didn't actually have any armor on it, and I've already got my epic ring from Violet Eye and from doing the heroic badge turn-ins. But I was able to get an epic healing ring for my healing set and an epic spell damage ring for my spell damage set, so it was all win-win-win for me. Um, In areas where if I were to go into, say, a Karazhan raid, um, I would always pass those rings to the real healers or the real spell damage people, no, I've I've just seriously buffed up my uh, off gear sets, which I like to maintain, and didn't have to. You know, I've already ground the rep with the all the factions and gotten my epic pieces from them for my off gear sets. This was an opportunity to get a drop and not feel bad because it is you can run it five times in rapid succession. So the chances of getting a duplicate that no one else is going to want that, hey, that's good for my spell damage set, is pretty high and worked out very nicely. So I've gotten everything out of the event that I want in the first week or two here, except for the non-combat pet, uh, which uh, stubbornly and resolutely refuses to drop for me. Grrr. The interesting thing I've seen is people actually complaining that the event is too easy. That just boggles my mind. Something that is as fun as this is and how nice it is to get some, some, just some epic items for a few people. Yes, I will admit it is easy for someone who is geared to the level of my guild 
um, a group of people who have done a lot of heroics and have geared ourselves up very nicely from the heroic badge system, who have made the occasional foray into Karazhan. And a big shout-out here to the Venom Guild on Alliance side, Ice Crown US, who allowed me to come along on their Karazhan run uh, as the main tank last night. I had a tremendously good time. Uh, we were able to down three bosses before I had to bail. Sorry for having to bail early, but the family was calling. Um, it was... It was easy for us to do. Um, I had a chance last night to run with a group of people who were not geared to that level. Um, myself and Glola went in there, Glola and his Tilbane uh, guys. And it was just as fun, but a heck of a lot more challenging. So it's the easy is a relative thing. Yeah, if you're coming out of Black Temple and running this, it's going to be an absolute joke. But... I would still encourage you to do it because it was a heck of a lot of fun. The design of the encounter is great. The voice acting is fantastic. Um, And the gear is nothing you're going to care about at that level, but it's still do it at least once to have experienced it. It's a lot of fun. Um, It's also a prime example or prime opportunity for gearing up up up-and-coming guildmates with some reasonably nice rings. And if that plate helm ever were to drop, um, it would be a nice piece for a plate-wearing class. So I would encourage Blizzard, give us more of this. This is the perfect kind of thing for the casual player. Um, And I don't see how it could possibly devalue the epic drops. I mean, people have it in their head that one epic drop is equivalent to another epic drop. And any purple item is, is somehow sacred and holy which, to me, is complete BS. Um, An epic drop from the Headless Horseman event, an epic ring, in no way is going to compare from a Serpent Shrine to a Serpent Shrine's cavern drop or a Black Temple drop or something from the eye. They don't compare. They are are entry-level epics. These are the same kind of epics you get from running the beginning of Karazhan, same thing you get from the low-level badge turn-ins or some of the exalted rewards from the Outlands factions. It's just a different way of getting them. And Blizzard defines an epic item as being something that is rare. And you would say, well, God, you're running this five times you know, a night. You know, how rare is that? Well, it's five times a night, but it's only available two weeks a year. So something that drops briefly at a high rate for a very short period of time is just as rare as something you can farm every single night of the week out of Serpent Shrine or uh, Black Temple. Um, just the cost of entry is a heck of a lot higher for those. But once this event is over, we're done. We can't go back in and farm the Headless Horseman because he won't be there anymore. Um, so I don't see how it devalues. And it's just... it's. Not like where people are getting geared head to toe in epics. I mean, if you're a plate wearing class, you would probably benefit the most. Though, I don't know, my druid, you know, picked up three rings that were completely useful to him out of this. Uh, but a plate wearing class could get, uh, you know, a tanking ring, a DPS ring, and the helm out of the deal. Um, but it's not like you're getting head to toe epic gear. Um, but I would encourage anyone who's listening to this go and experience the Headless Horseman event if you're mid-60s to, to to 70, or can group, grouped up with some 70s, it is just a buckets of fun. And the, the gear is a wonderful thing. The, the brooms are fun. You get some nice Halloween treats out of the deal. 
Um, and for me, it, it put me in the Halloween spirit in a big way. And just to anyone who, who complains about, oh my god, they're giving away epics for free, just give it up, get a life, go back to raiding Black Temple and go feel superior. Um, a couple of rings are not going to destroy your gameplay experience, nor let them pwn you in PvP. Uh, and I would say to Blizzard, give us more. Uh, if you want to retool some of the other events, you know, give us a an abominable snowman event in for Wintervale. Do more exactly like Brewfest. Do more exactly like the Headless Horseman events. Um, they bring joy to a huge segment of your player base. Um, because there's something there for everybody. I mean, there's there's just the fun of experiencing the event that as someone who's a hardcore raider and is head to toe purples can still come down and do the headless horseman one time to see the design of it and enjoy the fun of it, and then go back to raiding end game content. Um, but for the rest of us who are unable to raid or aren't interested in raiding, it's a great way for us to have a lot of fun with content we can handle that gives us some very nice gear that might otherwise be out of our reach or we might not get until much, much later. So, Blizzard, I say to you, give us more. Bring it on. Give us more exactly like this. We will play it. We will continue paying our monthly fee in order to get more just like this one. Uh, So we have a few shout-outs before we wrap up the show for this evening. Thank you for uh, staying through my first solo attempt. And we have a shout-out from Kai. Quick shout-out to Blades of Wrath for killing Illidan and beating the game. Kai Icecrown sending this message from the secret, casually hardcore HQ wearing only a headband and eating my broccoli. Thank you, Kai, I think. Grats to Blades of Wrath for downing Illidan and beating the game. Haha, see what raiding has gotten you? You've got nothing left to do. You need to come play with us casuals and pull us through content. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, This from Beautiful Joe, level 70 Night Elf Hunter on Destromath US. Uh, Actually, no, I put this in here. Because he said, Iolate, I must confess, I stole your name for my warrior alt. I really like the name and recently found out what Iolite is, thanks to my geology class. Pyrite and Feldspars just didn't seem right. Thanks for the great show. That from Beautiful Joe, uh, level 79 Hunter on Destromath US. This wasn't quite a shout-out, but it was something I wanted to share with all of you. So going to call it a short show this evening. I have much craziness going on around me here at uh, Casually Hardcore HQ. Thank you very much for listening. Listen to all the wonderful shows on www.wcradio.com. And let's see, I need to look through Gwenora's music here for our closing song. And Gwenora will be rejoining us next week. Uh, gotten through all of his scheduling difficulties, managed to get his trip in, and got his fishing up to 375 while in New Mexico. We can ask him about that next week. Uh, let's see. Shout out also to Mosh for being an EU person, listening live and braving the pre-dawn hours, Ooh, the cold and the dark. You are a stronger man than I am, if if you are indeed a man. Uh, so anyway, 
Good news, everyone! Good news. The show is over. You don't need to listen to me droning on anymore. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next week at our regular time with hopefully our full complement of broadcasters. Good evening from myself, Gnomewise, Iolite, Nemesis, and the absent Quinora. We will see you next week for another episode of Casually Hardcore here on WoW Radio. Thank you, and good night. Until we meet again. Happy trails.